Hey, Street Fighters, if you're in Columbus, Ohio, I have a great event to tell you about. Very short notice, but coming up this Monday on June 4th, we are going to be hosting the Kilgore Books and Comics 2018 Summer Tour. Uh, they're coming here from Chicago. Uh, artists M.S. Harkness, Mike Freiheit, Tom Van Dusen, Alex Nall, and Emmy Jenis are going to be there talking about their zines that they've self-published on Kickstarter. And we are going to be talking to them, asking questions, discussing creation of comics, and live streaming the event. So look forward to that. But it's all happening at Cafe Kerouac. So get there early because that place is pretty small. Uh, it's from 6 to 8 p.m. I'm going to be putting this all on the social medias very soon. But uh, be there. It's going to be a good time. Peace. technical difficulties for about a half hour right now uh, we are doing fine we got the phones fixed we will be able to take your calls it's Memorial Day weekend so we know a lot of you aren't going to work tomorrow which means you probably want to call in and complain about work tonight it's Sunday night it's street fight we've been doing this on the airwaves now for seven years here in Columbus Ohio we're on 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270 Coming to you out of the WCRS studios here in downtown Columbus. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. The number to call is 614-412-5252. We're looking for your stories about military recruitment, dare officers, or small business tyrants. If you want to hear more of what we do, head over to streetfightradio.com. You can find us on all of the major podcasting platforms besides Spotify because they don't deal in danger. And that's what we're trying to do here is spread dissent and disruption to every corner of the flat earth so that someday the working people of this world can relax while the bankers make our food for us. We are Street Fight Radio. I am the only true sovereign citizen, Brett Payne. He's your loony leftist, Brian Quinby. We're doing fucking radio. Thank you for being here. We're in safe harbor, so you can cuss. People I know always ask if they can cuss, but feel free. 
They can't do anything about us right now. FCC can't control us tonight, Brian. Never. They can't control us anyway. We just go off the air and do it as a podcast, baby. I got government controlled today, pretty hardcore. I uh, went to the Hawking Hills. We went to the Ash Cave. Beautiful waterfall. We went and took a look at it. Uh, My daughter bathed in it, swam in it. She had the best time of her life until a park ranger showed up and said, get the hell out of there. Why Kicked everyone out. You're not allowed to swim in the natural waterfalls of the beautiful Ohio Valley. Why? But because they're pumping fucking toxic waste into it all the time when they frack out there. That's fracking water. Yeah, that's probably why. He's like, it's dangerous in there. It'll turn you into uh, three, three-eyed fish from The Simpsons. Literally the only Simpsons reference I know. <laughs> <laughs> you read the comic. Yeah. Yeah, you were in there early. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was I was only into The Simpsons when it was just a comic book, I guess, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I they always tell you that the government put aside all these all this la- they put the, we put this land aside for you and then you get there and they bolt fucking handrails onto like the sides of mountains and they like tell you you're not allowed to play in the water and shit. It's like that's not, I don't want you to put that. Just how about you put it aside and you stay the hell out of it? And let me screw around in there. But then fucking, you know, the gas company would go in there and just start doing what they want to do, you know? And it's such a, it's such, it's one of those things where I could see an argument against it, but there's just nothing you can do to stop it. Because as soon as the woman walked away, everybody jumped right back in the water. Like yeah. nobody was even like, well, I, I do follow the rules. Everyone was like, get the fuck back in there. Yeah. Go get your Instagram picture. Go get your Instagram boomerang underneath that waterfall. It's fucking beautiful. Criminy, we've been locked up in the houses all winter long. We came out here for some nature. We want to we want to swim in it, drink it up. You're right, but it is fracking water. That's also the problem. Yeah, don't drink. Well, that one guy drank. Did that one guy drink the fracking water? No, he lit it on fire. Oh, the movie. Gasland, Gasland, the movie. Yeah. There was a senator that they were trying to get to fire. drink it. <laughs> the fire, the water from the fire. The move. You, you acted like they made a movie about that one guy that lit his water on fire. I mean, that seems like magic when you say it. So uh, I can see why it, it warranted a documentary. Like this That's shit true. is wild. We are here tonight. We I know earlier in the month we talked about taking the night off because that's what we fucking do. And uh, we were thinking about taking Memorial Day off. But I felt it was more disrespectful for the troops to go work on Memorial Day. So that would be the thing that we would do, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Because they stormed the beaches of Normandy for this, right? They invented the beach. As far as I can tell, in in, in World War II, they stormed the beaches of Normandy. And while they were there, like, we got to take this freedom back home. Yeah, and they were like, D- have y'all seen how it's beautiful here by this beach? I mean, we, let, hey, you know, let's have a day. When we go back home, everybody can now go to the edges of the water because the troops went and died on them. <laughs> Thank you, troops, for that. I, I want to I wanna tribute them a little bit, like, just... And and you know Street Fight blesses all the troops of of the of of the world, right? Like it's like, oh well, if we're gonna celebrate the troops, we got to celebrate the the Saddam's Republican Guard, yeah, and the Nazis. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't want to, but they and went out and did. I couldn't discriminate between soldiers. I want all of their rifles to fly straight and true, right? Yeah. Is this the song? I'm trying to play us a song. This guy, this fucking guy, dude. 
I've been wanting to play this on this show forever. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I worked for all my life, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. My wife. If if he had to start again with just his children and his wife, he would be homeless. And then they would throw him in probably a jail and take his children and wife away from him. That's yeah. what happens in America. They don't treat when, when t- everything's taken away. They don't treat you with respect. No, they would, they would give him a stink eye pressing for seconds at the wine. To be living here today. Because the flag still stands for freedom. And they can't take that away. I'm, here, I'm sitting here with my hands up in the air. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend During her the national still anthem today. Every football game. This fucking guy would never stand up to anybody next to me. He's a, he says I'll proudly stand up next to you, and but I'm like, no, you wouldn't. You'd be standing on the side with the Nazis on the other side of the cops. Yeah, you're the thin blue line. <laughs> you're a three percenter. This. Lee Greenwood's a three percenter. I yeah, think. yeah. There's no that is nothing else than being against everything that isn't American, which is right. What Black Lives Matter? Yeah, he's not standing up with Black Lives Matter at all. Karl Marx in schools. <laughs> he's not standing up for that either. He's standing against that. He proudly stands up against that. I, I can't believe we're celebrating all the troops in the world. The Roman ones that okay. like, took over the back in the day. It's like if it wasn't for the Roman troops, we wouldn't have like a calendar or something like that. So there's that. We got to thank them for the that. Troops. Yeah, all the troops. That's what Memorial Day is. Actually, the thing about Memorial Day, folks, um, if you didn't know, Veterans Day is for the alive troops. Memorial Day is for the dead troops. People don't People don't ever figure that out because they're always like – You'll be at like a barbecue or some kind of thing, and then somebody will be like, "This, let's take a minute before we bite into those hot dogs and hamburgers or tofu dogs if you're Brett. If before we bite into these treats, beyond meat vegan sausages, beyond, beyond meat vegan sausages, before we bite into these treats, would like you to stand up next to her and defend him still today." You know what I also was thinking about is that one of the problems of giving free education is there would be a lot less troops. I keep thinking about it. It would, like, break the way our system works because if you because most people go to the Army just to get that free education. <laughs> That's the only reason I would have gone. I'm yeah. not thinking about – well, I mean, they do, they do pop you a decent paycheck a little bit. Well, also, you can do a bunch of sit-ups and push-ups. Yeah, it's a good place to go do sit-ups and push <laughs> And burpees. Yeah, you do get they do get you swole. That's the good thing about the military is that they'll get you swole in the military. Yeah, but then you end up getting, like, a, a tribal tattoo or something, you know? You got to go to, like, a different country and, like, drink rip fuel and point guns at nine-year-olds. So that's the trade-off you get for getting ripped, you know? Yeah, that's true. I could probably figure something else out. Maybe I should try gym membership or something. That's always my thing with the troops is they're always like you sit there and you start talking to them. You're like, buddy, like, I just, I don't think you should be over there. And they're like, well, you know, if you haven't been there, then you don't really know what's going on. And you're like, well, 
I mean, you've been there, but all you've done the whole time is point guns at people. So I sure. don't think you know what it's really like. There yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say that your experience in Iraq is probably really skewed also. So I think I have just as much right to tell you that you shouldn't be there, buddy. Yeah, it seems like a lot of spitballing, but I'm doing that over here, and you were over <laughs> there in somebody's face. Yeah, pointing a fifty caliber, like, and handing Hershey bars to kids in the street, like, to tell you where their uncle is. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not visiting. That's not getting culture, my friend. Yeah, well, you just totally, Brian, you did the worst job ever of memorializing the troops. Do you realize that? I you only came know in with the fucking beautiful sentiment <laughs> that you were going to play their favorite song, the one that they all listen to in their Humvees. That's what they listen to over there. It's that and Inner Sandman. They play, <laughs> they all have a playlist that's just that and Inner Sandman, and they just, they go all around the Middle <laughs> East listening to those two songs. And the trap, too. If you make fun of that song, that's actually exactly like making fun of a troop. Like that's if they're because they love that. That like all troops love Lee Greenwood, favorite singer. That's a fact. Okay, and like making fun of. I'm trying to memorialize the dead ones, but I'm trying to make sure that I get all of them. You know the 300. You ever seen the that 300s, movie? 300s. Yeah, <laughs> those were troops. I'm memorializing them today. Oh man, they had the best battle. Like when that motherfucking dude with the nose ring was like trying to shut him down and he was just like totally spit in his face. Yeah. The, the, like the, that person, was brave. That was fucking brave. That, hey, the 300 are brave as hell. The 300 can, are brave. We can agree on that. <laughs> the Spartans were brave. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. The 300 were brave and, but they were also, but they were ableists and that caused them their downfall in a lot of ways. Well, that so they know, had their flaws. I don't want to lionize any army on this show. No, we're not. No, absolutely not. No, but the 300 were badass. The they helped me work out too. Army. They inspired me to do my Reebok Spartan training workout. <laughs> on my app <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of other like you know there's just been a lot of the any of the bad guy armies in any movie you know like oh though you honor the bad guy armies, yeah because those are guys just need a payday they probably just can't get a regular job the kiss army the kiss army is a great army that's that's a good army they, the they bubba, never die though bubba the love sponge has the bubba army okay that's a good army that's not bad oh major guns and uh, he, Private Huge Erection from WCW 1999. Okay. <laughs> Those were troops. I mean, that's what we're saying here. John Cena's a troop. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. He, he was in the Marine. Yeah. He salutes like one. <laughs> he knows all the stuff that yeah. you have to know to be a troop. Sure. He and, studied it up. He wears dog tags. Yeah. So, I mean... People are like, oh, you know, why are you celebrating? Why are you out doing Memorial Day weekend stuff if you don't support the troops? And I'm just like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, some of the troops, it's just I need a holiday. That's what I need. I need the day off. And we didn't even take the day off because it's disrespectful to take that. I feel me and on it, me and my wife actually were talking about this and we're trying. She's like, I, I told her, she was like, what are we going to do to celebrate Memorial Day? And I'm like, there's only the one that you can do, celebrate the troops. Like, that's a, that's the day. And she's like, no, we need to remake it into something like, you know, like a Dia de los Muertos type thing where we just remember people in our lives that we lost, you know, yeah. memorialize them. Or people like with the troop spirit, but that aren't actually troops. <laughs> sure. Troop adjacent. <laughs> yeah. People where you're like. They have a troop level, brave, troop level of bravery. Yeah. I love your spirit, sir. You. 
you uh your grandpa he he never met a man he wouldn't fight he was yeah. like a troop i like that i do like <laughs> Let's that memorialize him yeah your yeah your, your grandpa dick one time you know that was my grandpa's name he it, every day went and watched the horse races and gambled on them he was wonderful grandpa dick god rest his soul Let's memorialize Grandpa Dick right he now. He was cool as shit, man. I don't think he ever fought in the military, but he was over on the south side of Columbus fighting all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the spirit, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what keeps people alive, you know, that fighting spirit. This is one of those occasions where you're like, I wish this was going out over like an FM radio air. Oh, and I know. Some, like fucking People jerk. would be driving here right now. <laughs> <laughs> This is the type of stuff. This was the reason I wanted to always be on the radio because it was like, oh, this. See, if if we were on like regular old FM where people are sitting next to their bonfires tonight, and all of a sudden the radio starts fucking playing "Proud to Be an American" and talking about the Nazi troops. <laughs> troops are troops, man. Yeah, troops ISIS are troops. troops. I yeah, yeah, ISIS. All the. ISIS soldiers that are dead. There's just so many different troops that we're memorializing today, not just the American ones. That's yep. that's uh, that's not right to just memorialize the American ones. All right. Are you are you is your memorial service now over? Do you want to have a concluding statement or anything, um, or like a, just say "Om" out loud or something? Uh, oorah! Is it oorah? Ooh, yes. Oorah! Or wait, hoorah! I don't know that one. I go Joe. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Go Joe. Go Joe. G.I. Joe. Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> we're probably Cobra right now. Yeah, we're People Cobra. Probably looking at we're us like Cobra. cobra shit, right? We got Cobra dark money funneling this thing right now. Yeah. This, yeah. this portion of the podcast paid for by the Cobra Corporation. <laughs> Cobra's bad, though. Cobra's that bad health insurance yeah. they give you. <laughs> Yeah, I would be anti Cobra. I'm Discordian, so that's where they in the came G.I. Up. Joe universe. I have no side. That's where they came up with Cobra. Was like somebody got fired and they got that crummy Cobra insurance, and they're like, "This is evil." Oh, actually, I had a run in with Cobra, so I figured out what it was because I hadn't properly looked it up. Basically, what happens is you can continue your insurance with your job, and you just pay like a two percent vig to the Cobra people for letting you keep your shit. Oh, thanks, Cobra. But, like, that's one of those things where when you're at your job and they're like, all right, you got health insurance. It's $40 a paycheck. And then when you lose your job, you find out that they were, like, subsidizing, like, a $500 a month health care thing. And now you're paying $500 plus 2%. That's what it was for us. It was uh, $900 plus 2% is what Cobra offered us just to continue getting that good old health insurance I already hated. You should have asked Destro what he had. <laughs> Destro had... I mean, he had that platinum face money, so yeah, like, <laughs> he did. He could probably afford to give you free insurance. Yeah, he, he, now, he was. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. He was on another level of cosmetic surgery, so I'm sure he was fine. He's taken care of. Stunting with that face, man. He could have just got regular looking skin or like one of those weird face transplants, but he went with. He could have went vanilla sky. Could have done all kinds of things, but he was like, just make it metal. That's what I would do, too, though. He's right. He he made the right decision. Yeah, makes sense. Let's get these very, very durable head. Yeah, very durable. <laughs> it's a nice so, head this guy's got on him. So we did, before, uh, before he has to go, we do have a guest in the studio tonight. Um, came all the way from Lima, Ohio, uh, to come listen to the show. 
uh, had the day off tomorrow because of Memorial Day. So thank you, troops of all stripes, for that. Uh, he, we found out about him because he was, sorry, he had posted in the Street Fighters group that one day, well, you know what, I'm going to let him tell it for himself. Hold on a second while I get your mic set up. Brian, can you talk for a moment? Yeah, I can talk for as many moments as you want. I've been doing it for seven years. Uh, I'm very good at talking. I'm, I'm vamping right now. I never know what to say when you tell me to talk. I only know what to say when I'm not supposed to be talking. All right, Mike, thanks for coming here. Hey, thank you. Talk a little bit louder. Oh, uh, okay. I'm sorry, man. I'm new at this. It's gotta, no problem. You got to, like, really just be like, you know how when you sometimes you talk and people are like, you're talking too loud, shut your damn mouth. You have to talk like that kind of loud. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll try to step it up a notch. Thanks. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, what was the BAM guy? The Amaral? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, okay. kick it up a notch. Perfect. Yes, we need that. So, uh, you were at your job. You are, I don't want to get divulge too much information to get you in trouble, but you were at your job site and you had an apprentice with you, right? That's correct. Yeah. And they were going to get a raise or were in talks about it or? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the, he was coming up for his uh, raise and they uh, finally waited for human resources to come up from South Carolina. And uh, when they finally showed up, they offered him uh, 50 cents, which was insane. I mean, that's just like a free subway footlong every single week, basically. Yeah, it's just like buying you. dollars a week. Yeah, right? one sand, yeah, a couple sandwiches. Right. Yeah, so uh, when they offered him that, he said, you know, like, I'm not going to stick around for this. Uh, I mean, I like you, Mike, but I got to go. So I locked my toolbox, and uh, I walked out right behind him because. Really? Yeah. What, did, you, did you think about it, or was it just like a, your natural response? Well, like, dude, I brought this guy up, man. He's one of my favorite folks. Like, I mean, he's a smart kid. I trained him well. And, uh, like, I mean, giving him a race like that is also kind of like an insult to me, man. And, like, they didn't realize, you know, the value I put into this kid. Like, it was kind of disappointing. So Sure. They had somebody that was getting the job done, and they should, he should have been paid the full yeah, wage for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like, I mean – I was I was just ready to go, man. It was kind of disappointing to everybody. Like I wanted him to make a living wage, you know, because he's a young guy, but he's a good guy, and he needs someone to back him up. Yeah. And so, what happened when you did it? Uh, we didn't get across the parking lot before uh, three people from Human Resources came out and flagged us down and begged us to come back inside okay. to uh, figure something out. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, did you get to plead your case, or? Um, he got to plead his, and uh, instead of a 50-cent raise, they gave him a $2.75-an-hour raise. Ooh, that's a win. Yeah, that's a big win. I mean, that's more than a that, sandwich. That, that's quite a bit more money, man. And, dude, that's all I wanted. I've, I, I do all right. Like, I wasn't worried about me. Like, I just kind of wanted this kid to do good, man, you know, for his hard work to be rewarded. And That's great. Yeah, and it was kind of nice. Like, like I said in my post, man, it was just kind of cool to see how the smallest amount of labor solidarity can actually get things accomplished, get people to cave, like, I mean, at the end of the day, labor has all the power. Like, they, they think they, they have you over something, but... Yeah, and, and, you know, you may have ruffled some feathers that day, but, like, it got the job done, you know? And, and, at the, and they just really need to get... They just need things to work. They just need to have... They need to have their output. They need things to run smoothly. And, uh, you know, they have things like that in their budget, you know? Right. My, my wife spends a lot of time negotiating her pay, and she's very back and forth and, like, backs it up has everything and she gets she gets rewarded for it but there 
it it's, feels very dangerous when you start playing around with that stuff because you feel like they're just going to say, well, you can leave then. Right. But yeah. they need you. They yeah. really need you there. Like, to train somebody else isn't worth it. Right. Well, and that that's the thing, you know, like a... By the time someone in the skilled trades is trained, they have several hour, or you know, several hundred hours and several thousand dollars, maybe tens of thousand dollars in your training trying to get you to that system, man. So, you know, like, and I'm not trying to break my arm patting myself on the back, but I'm the best guy they got. And, uh-huh. you know, so if I can't use the little bit of power I have to leverage things to make my buddy's life better, then what the hell am I doing, man? That's, I mean, shouldn't we all be looking out for each other, trying to make everyone's life better? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the way to do it. I mean, working my way towards Street Fight World. <laughs> for trying sure. Trying to get us all on the same level. No, that's amazing. I mean, I, that just, it takes a lot of guts. And, and uh, I mean, I've stood up for people at my job, but I've never gone as far as walking out for somebody else. So I really admire that, man. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't think I had it in me either. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you get your back against the wall, man. And I gave the guy my word and... Like, I'm not a big Scarface guy, but, you know, my word and my balls, I don't break them for anybody. So. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Though. Yeah. That's, uh, that's inspiring. There's so many people listening that are like, how can I, like, how can I, like, organize at work and stuff? And that's about the simplest way to pull it off right there is just, you know, it, like, it, it, the, the shitty thing is, is like it could go the other way, but you got to kind of be prepared to well, let, if you're not ever prepared to let it, like a lot of times at jobs, you find that like, if they think it's possible that you could be, that you would actually walk out, it gives you more power. No, I did. I mean, I did it at my, I mean, there was jobs I had where, um, I was doing a lot of stuff for social media way before it was like 2008, way before it was like huge. And I had a lot of this knowledge in it. And they weren't paying me anything, so I'm like, I'm going to go somewhere else. And he's like, well, I'll pay you enough to stick around here. What do you need? And I just got to name my wage. And, you know, I mean, it, it takes putting that all on the line. But I think from your situation, what somebody else could do is that instead of maybe walking out to make the scene, if you were to just go in and say to HR, like, you know, if you don't get him, I'm willing to walk out with him, you know. Right. Um, not to, I'm not critiquing you or anything. I'm oh, just no, trying no. to help massage this into something advice that other people can use right. you know yeah i realized my situation was unique my company has only existed since uh, may of last year so okay you know i was the first guy interviewed and the third guy hired so okay. i i kind of had a little bit of you're, leverage you're essential employee i mean i i'm not really essential i just but I right mean, you have your place yeah yeah it would just take a lot to get back for you know if they were to lose you so. right but I also realized, man, that's why it's really so hard to get out of the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle because no one wants you to stack up enough money where you can just uh, tell right. them how it is and walk out. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- they that want is... you walking the edge of debt. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the the, the wages are where they are because it keeps people it uncomfortable. Yeah, and it feels like I can't lose this job. I lose everything, you know? You have a lot on the line when it comes to that hourly wage work. Right. Well, you know, it's like uh, when your Marvel Comics subscription comes out and you're fifty dollars overdrafted, man. You know, for <laughs> some people, that's a, you know, like a sixth of their paycheck. They, yeah, you know, it's a big like, deal. It's a giant hit. Like, yeah. yeah, not everyone can just get up and do it, man. Oh, that's Absolutely. what I need. I need to make sure I cancel that. Campaign. <laughs> I haven't yeah, canceled it. Yeah, please do. Still. Put a reminder. Yeah. I will set a reminder. Well, for Well, I you. can't figure out how to cancel it, listeners. That's why I haven't canceled it yet. It's impossible. I got it through iTunes, and I don't know how to. Manage subscriptions. Got it. Okay, okay. I might go in there right now and do that real quick. 
<laughs> well, thank you for coming in here, being our, our you're our first live caller, I think. Oh man, to come and tell your story live in the studio. That's pretty exciting, man. I, uh... It's more fun than doing it over the phone, I think. Unless you're like sitting in a chair, like the people on the phone right now are probably sitting in a chair, <laughs> yeah. like high as shit, getting ready to fall asleep because we didn't get on until eleven forty-five. Yeah. It's gonna be a long night, Brett. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, it's pretty sick until you roll up and there's like an hour technical difficulties. And, but <laughs> dude, it, it was a lot of behind the scenes bonus content that I'm thankful for. So yeah, yeah you got yeah, to I see, totally appreciate the invite. You got to see Brian melt down. You got to see some cussing and screaming, hear some dirty talk. You got the full Street Fight experience. It really is. I mean, not, not lot, fun in games at all until the mics are on. Not a lot of people get the pissed <laughs> off me. I did get me in a pissed. I like. There's probably a few live shows where you've seen it, and then this basically yeah. tonight before we go on the air, and I get furious about it because I feel guilty. Ooh, them phones is full. You ready to phone it up, man? Yeah, let's see what these fucking calls. See what these people got to say. Let's take some are, calls. Are you pushing anything at all? Do you have like a no Twitters or URLs or anything. You're a cool, you're just a cool guy that just yeah, yeah, being like, in the uh, world. Yeah. Not like, even uh, being online. I love yeah, it. Yeah, my Twitter's like at Mikey Isor, but like that whole thing's stupid. And I'm not very good at Twitter, so follow me or don't. Okay. <laughs> well, you were warned, folks. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Oh, for real. Dude, you're for welcome to stick around if you want or whatever, but it was great to meet you guys. It was really, it's always fun to have people in the studio. Brett Payne, it's time to take. Thank you for calling Street Fighter Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, boys, it's the big guy. Oh, no, it sounds like shit. Hey, big guy, what's up? How are you? Yeah, I hear my echo. I hear my echo. It does sound like shit. How y'all doing, though? Okay, now we're, now we're going back to we're having technical difficulties, which is great. That's just peachy keen. <laughs> now we've trapped you guys into sitting on the phone, and we probably aren't even going to be able to have a show. How you doing tonight, big guy? Well, I thought I'd let y'all know what's going on in uh, the fascist nation of Texas. And what's going on in Texas right now? I went to church this morning with my mother and my brother and we had to salute the truth during the service well we, we did had a whole thing we played we played the national anthem it was awful yeah well we did that at the beginning of the show we saluted the troops but uh right but we, we only saluted the american troops at my church yeah i've been to I uh I go sometimes to church. Uh, woo, that sounds bad. Oh, what was that? That was me. That was me. I I'm trying to make your sound sound better, big guy. You this sound is sound like I you're underwater terrible. right now. It's not your fault. This is the studio. Every, yeah, that happens. I apologize to everybody that's dealing with this. But uh, my uh, the tiny country churches I've been to recently, they do like wounded warrior stuff and have all kinds of uh, saluting the f- uh, pledging of allegiance and all of that baked right into the sermon. Well, here's the thing: it's not necessarily a small country church as it is a white suburban old people church, and so this this national fascist. Uh, you know what I mean? This, this 
because everybody's comfortable and complacent. Everybody loves the troops. Everybody loves the cops. So that yeah, is it a mega church, big guy? Can you hear me? Ah, shit, he can't Hello? hear us. So if we're plugged in, it sounds bad. Hello, big guy. Can you hear me now? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. we can hear you, but it's still messed up. It's uh, but yeah, yeah. Was it a mega church? No, it's not a mega church. It's a real old Methodist church. Oh, uh, see, I always when somebody says they went to church in Texas, I always assume it's a mega church. <laughs> There's a lot of them. I've been to a few mega churches, and uh, they're really gross. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, man, I'm sorry that we made you wait, and then the call sounded like hell, man. I really am sorry. Hey, it's okay. Technical difficulties. You know what? I, I, I was touched by the Lord today, and I think he wants me to go into the ministry as uh, the first anarchist pastor in the Methodist church. I would love that. I would, and, you have uh, the voice for it, man. Disrupt it. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk this up to God's work. I think I think He didn't want y'all to hear my anarchist message tonight. So. <laughs> well, hey, you have a great voice, and I'm glad we got you in, man. It's good to talk to you. All right. See ya. So here's what we're gonna do, listeners. We don't wait on call- hold anymore. Brett and I are gonna turn stop the recording, take a quick break, and then come in and finish the show. Just me and him, just like a basement show. And I apologize that this will, we can play some music for you for a few minutes and then you can listen. I mean, you can listen, of course, but the calls aren't working tonight. I don't know why. Yeah, they changed something while we weren't here. Something got changed in the way that they're doing the call ins, and there's this chord that sounds like fucking hell. And. When it's plugged in, everything is terrible. When it's not, it's fine. I could sit over there and plug and unplug the mic all night while people talk, you know? No. But that's about the only way they would make it not sound like that shitty fucking quality. Yeah. So we're going to play you a few songs, and we'll be back in here in a minute. We'll knock the rest of the show out. I'm really, really tired. I'm really tired. I'm really sorry for the people that tried to call in, for the people that wanted to be on with us this week. This is why we are getting an office. So you guys thought it was all bougie reasons. It's not bougie reasons. We need an office. (laughs) Um, Let me get these songs playing, Brett.
Dirt bike four wheeler, 
Street Fight, Brian with the hard fucking cuts there. I'm glad I had my hands on the volume. Thank you for uh, tuning into the show. We are having technical difficulties, as you know. We are Street Fight Radio. There's been some changes to something in the studio where the calls are coming in very horribly. We can't really push through this one. So Brian and I are just going to do a regular show for y'all. Uh, we're going to work on making sure that it's all set up next week and possibly just maybe figure out how to do it in the basement instead. Basement call-in shows. Eh, sure. It'd be more comfortable if we get the good chairs soon. Yeah, you know, we'll we get, get the chairs. Executive chairs. Get to sit down. It won't be a thousand degrees, so that'll be nice. Thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. You can find more of what we do at streetfightradio.com. If you want to help us fulfill our dreams of having executive chairs in a basement call-in studio, head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash streetfightradio. Well, we did have one live call-in, so that helped. We had Mike here to do a call-in. We had one terrible-sounding call-in. Yeah, the big guy got in, though, you know. Sure. Everybody loves the big guy call, so we got the big guy in, and then we gave up. We're quitters, Brett. Not this is not the troop spirit. I don't. Think. Yeah, this we don't have the troop spirit. Don't memorialize us when we die. Yeah, we gave up. Well, we tried for an hour. An hour is a long time to try to figure these things out. You know. Yeah, for sure. It's just it's too much. It's a million degrees outside today too. It's very hard for me because like I love the summertime, but when it's humid. It's not as good. It's like, wow, just come on, rain. Just can some cold rain fall from the sky, please? I'm looking at this picture somebody posted on our uh, group of a roof. They were roofing, and somebody hit a Gatorade inside the roof and said, this is for the next roofers. Here's a Gatorade. Oh, a full one? Yeah, it was just a full Gatorade. It said Gatorade for the – it said a Gatorade for the next guy. Wow. That's, I like that. That's nice. I always love that. How long like, has it been there? Oh, it's probably not good. It's probably warm, I'd say. It's just the gesture. It's like a greeting card. It's like a Hallmark card. I mean, if you were stuck on the roof, you ever see that guy uh, that was like, sta- he was like working on a house and it lit on fire and he couldn't get out. And so he went out and he, he like climbed down all the balconies. Like he was just, but he was stuck in there for me. He's like, what am I going to do? And the fire department's just like, Doing whatever the fire department's out there, like trying to put the fire out. They didn't know he was there, and he, he ended up getting out. I was pretty proud of the guy when I watched it. It was okay. a good video. Yeah. You rooted him on? Yeah. I mean, you always got to root for a guy not to burn to death. Sure. That's okay. always a bonus. That's an easy one. Uh, we do have a few voicemails. Um, we haven't had the voicemail line around for a while, but a lot of folks that have been trying to find the call-in number have found the voicemail instead. So if you're not able to call into the show on Sunday nights, you can do that. The number is 614-91-TRILL, right? Isn't that what it was? Probably. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, that's what I remember off the top of my head. But if you go to Street Fight Radio slash connect, it's on there. I'm going to do that a little bit myself uh, to make sure I got that number right. But you can totally leave a voicemail and we'll, we'll play it on the show. And then, and then comment on it. Do you want to get into some of that? Does that sound like a good idea? I'm trying to get it to work right now. I'm trying to get it to play. And it's in a spreadsheet, so it just keeps clicking the the the, the, the cell. cell that it's in. Let me let me bring it up on my computer. That phone number was correct. 
61491 but I can get this to happen um I don't this week I'm trying to think of things to talk about I you know what I've been doing recently my kid was out and uh my kid was at a grandma's house and me and my wife went shopping for three hours okay we what, went for we went to the discount grocery store slash closeout marks, which has we got like a whole bunch of discounted action figures and pool toys and cheap organic pop tarts and all kinds of liquids to drink. Why'd you get the cheap pop tarts at the uh, no no closeout no, store? No no not the cheap pop tarts the organic. I got cherry pomegranate. Whole grain Pop Tarts, my friend. Are they Pop Tart brand Pop Tarts? Hell though? no. You don't like those. You're like, I ain't eating those fucking Pop Tart brand ones. Those are bad. No, the Pop Tart ones taste like candy. These ones kind of tricked me into me believing they're fruit. Yeah, no, they're not though. They're the same as the other Pop Tarts. No, a little bit of fruit in there. Maybe a little bit. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you feel good about it. I mean, I prefer the regular Pop Tarts with the uh, icing inside of them. The uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the icing, birthday like the party s'more? cake ones? S'more was my jam growing up. I was a birthday party cake guy. Birthday party cake. Yeah. Growing up, they didn't have that when you were a kid. Yeah, I know. I you ate them when I was in my 30s. fruit flavors and shit. They only had like five flavors when you were a kid. I know, but in the thir- I'm in my 30s now, so I get to have the... Uh, do you heat them up or do you just eat them straight? Yeah, I just eat them straight. I yeah, they're cookies, man. Up. They ain't fucking need... They don't need to be heated up. They aren't like a real pastry or anything. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, it's I'm fucking, I'm with you on that. It's jelly on a little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh they're some. I I mean I I dig them. I, I I'm not like uh I'm not a snob when it comes to those those pop tarts. I I'll eat them. I mean I'll eat fucking anything to tell you the truth. But uh, I like them. The peanut butter ones I I kind of fell in love with when we were on the road. Yeah. Oh, here we when go. I was driving back and forth with uh, between D.C. Here we go. You ready for a... Uh, let's hear it. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, we want that. All right. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brian. I'm a <clears throat> relatively new listener, and I uh, uh, think about a week ago, one of you were talking about how when you were... Um, before you were on Street Fight, and you were making like twenty under $20,000 a year, that you had to make a lot of uh, dinners out of rice and beans for your wife and child. And I'm kind of wondering if you would uh, go into some of those dinners you made, because I'm a person who eats primarily rice and beans, and even a, a tiny bit of diversity in the recipes I use would be, be kind of supplemental to my meager and economic diet. Uh, thanks for what you guys do. Goodbye. Oh, uh, I-, I know one. Okay, go for the it. The one you got, you, well, the one that we got together, the tostada, right? Yeah, the tostada is relatively cheap. The uh, yes, and it's, and it's a, so it fills you up. It's not. There's nothing like culinarily correct about it. But so you take like a, a pita or like a flatbread, and you bake it in the oven until it gets like crispy, and then you put sweet potatoes on top of that, and then black beans, and then cover it with like salsa cheese avocado hot sauce all that good stuff yeah and then like i mean you can we don't even put cheese on them we just like we'll make this thing semi-healthy i mean yeah it's just sweet potato with uh just black beans on it and taco bell hot sauce and you got yourself a nice little treat there 
I uh I think I think that sweet potato and black beans are the new peanut butter and jelly. Like they go together for everything. I have some variation of sweet potato and black beans every single week of my life. It's easy, it's healthy, and you can do it in like tacos, quesadillas, enchiladas. That's like my substitute for all of that. And it's cheap. I mean, you just you buy a bag of sweet potatoes, you buy a whole bunch of can of beans. Or if you go I mean, I used to do dry beans when I was when we lived in D.C., I was doing dry beans. I'm on cans now, which, you know, ups the waste a little bit. So I'm not proud of it. Yeah, yeah, I do canned beans lately, too. But, I mean, I, I you know what else I do that's pretty cheap is uh, I make uh, refried beans in the crock pot. You just throw some beans in there. And, well, you soak the beans overnight so you soak all the farts out of them is what my wife says that does. And then you uh, put them in a crock pot and you put an onion and a jalapeno and then whatever spices you use in that shit and then you just turn that crock pot on low and just let it go for like nine hours and then crush those things and then you wrap them in a tortilla and put some cheese in there you got yourself that taco it's basically the taco bell bean burrito yeah and it's cheap and man you eat two of those and you're done i also uh you did a good sloppy joe lentils are a good one like you just do tomatoes, onions, peppers, and lentils and just season them like they're sloppy joes and put them on bread. That's real easy to do, especially if you use dry lentils. The other one that I've also been recently doing is peanut sauce. So just peanut butter, rice wine vinegar, soy sauce, sesame oil, and some hot sauce. And then throw that on like broccoli and brown rice. And uh, that's one of my favorites recently. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I... There's a lot of budget. There's a website called Budget Bites that I use a lot, but serious. I don't know. Seriously, my, my I mean, sweet potato and black beans is the cure all for everything. Yeah, and I I always like to say that like the best the best like broke people food that you can go really all out on is grilled cheese. Sure, because you can buy a bunch of like decent cheese and good bread, and it, like you can try to make it feel a little bit like fancier you can fancy that shit up you know and i would also say that once something that we did our families was we used to always do pasta parties so you can make pasta super cheap and it's a million times better than the dry pasta like it changes the game like pasta is considered like broke food but when you make it yourself it's like a treat it's way different so making it yourself is one one avenue to take with that too it's tasty. It's and good. Now I have a Philips Magnavox pasta maker that just does in eighteen minutes for me. So someday you can get there, maybe. Yeah, you got to make that Philips Magnavox pasta maker money, and then you're, it's easy for you. But yeah, yeah, I I'm the same way when it comes to but the like the uh, like I never liked eating broke food, and when I was at my brokest, I ate like terrible like i was eating like shake and bake pork chops and actually you know what last night i was watching chopped because that's what i do with my wife and kid i was actually thinking about maybe like for the twitch stream sometime i'll bring the wife and kid over to the studio and we'll watch chopped one night because we all talk shit and stuff while we're watching it but they canned biscuits on this episode and all of them opened the canned biscuits with a can opener like they'd never opened no. a can of biscuits what? before what? and i was like i can't even picture a fucking world where you haven't opened up canned biscuits in your life yeah. like maybe it's the midwestern person in me or maybe it's the white trash but like canned biscuits like you can do a that's pizza dough too <laughs> it's that's everything not just canned biscuits that's pizza dough i used to buy 
I mean, four packs of those things every time I, I went have, grocery shopping. I'm never without it in my fridge. No lacking when it comes to crescent roll dough. Yeah. Biscuit dough. Any of it. They're just over there. Oh, I've never used this before. Let me uh, use the can opener and open it. Oh, you know what? Pizza dough is a good one, too. I did the video about it, but you can, I like, so the Brett Payne guide to success, I don't follow the rules. I just make the rules. But you pick three meals and you make that. You make you make it three times in a week, but you make enough to have leftover, so that way you only have to cook three days during the week, and then you heat it up a couple days later. But yeah, like my pizza dough recipe makes two doughs, so the first night I make a dough, and then a couple days later I got another dough. Yeah, easy to do. A couple of doughs, and then you eat out the, for the seventh night. Yeah, that's... you got to eat out. Everybody's got. We need to have compulsory uh dining out for every american citizen that's what my troops would die for well they have to be, you have to be able to at least afford it I and mean, some people i guess probably don't like eating out well mcdonald's too man that's still fucking eating out yeah mickey d's is i mean eating out is cool because like you don't have to do any of the work to get it you know that's why you need to be allowed to eat out every once well, in a while. you got to be able to eat every once in a while and not have any dishes to do afterwards oh i know exactly through there i mean i mean like my life has gotten to this point where I cut up one pound of broccoli every single day. And the whole time I do it, I just have like complete deja vu where I feel like it could be 1987 or it could be 2027. And it doesn't matter because till the end of time, I'm going to be chopping a fucking pound of broccoli every <laughs> single day. That's something I'm going to be a part of my experience for the rest of as long as I am experiencing shit. I know. I always think about like rich people getting the, like the executive chefs that come over. And I'm like, say, I always like I, I, you know, I always think of what it would be like to be a rich person. Like, what are the luxuries that I would get if I was ever totally rich? And one of them from the very beginning has been triple A. I would get triple A if I was a rich person. Okay. Because I just, the car stuff. I just want the car stuff out of my mind. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like triple A is like the first purchase you make when you hit upper middle class status. You know, you're like, I'm I'm coming out of the, I'm getting into the $100,000 a year territory. I might as well get some nice triple (laughs) A. I got mine through my cell phone company, actually. Yeah, you got AAA? No, I have, like, auto rescue through Verizon. Okay, okay. And I call them all the time. Like, I lock my keys in my car every six months. Yeah, that's very you, actually. I I believe that. Well, I'm good now with the new car, but, yeah, before I was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I've done it before, too. I, 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 I had to learn how to break into my work van because I was always locking my van up with the key with it running i would always leave it running and then Mm -hmm. i'd have to go out and take my screwdriver and open up the uh back and use a hanger and wrap it around the thing and pull it up it was very i mean that's how you break into a a a van if they have that's you get into a panel van the brake lights on the top then that'll get you in there but yeah i i just uh I mean, yeah, the thing, yeah, the problem with food is that if you let somebody else do it, though, they'll feed you poison. Like when you go out to eat, they're feeding you like all the extra saturated fat, all of the awful fucking ingredients. Like you can't you can't survive on it when somebody else is at taking control of the wheel. Well, the thing is they don't give a shit about your fucking health. Right. But the thing when I think about being rich is like. I can have a richie bitch. Yeah. If I was rich, I could be like, hey, uh. 
make me all the food I'm allowed to eat today. Yeah. And then I'll eat that and I won't eat any more. Sure. And then I could live. I think that's how I'm going to that. If, hopefully goal. someday I get rich enough that I'll finally like get in good health because I'll just have somebody make all the food that I'm allowed to eat during the day. Yeah. That does make it easy. Yeah. That's how rich people stay healthy, dude. That's how that's how like uh, Henry Kissinger gets to live forever because somebody probably just comes in and makes him all the food he's allowed to right. eat during the day. All and the cancer all, fighting foods. Yeah. And then all he has to do is just eat that food and, and you know, not leave the country because if he does, they'll swoop him up and throw him in the egg. <laughs> right. So I hope that helped. We, we gave you a bunch of more beans ideas, but getting the lentils. There's a lot there. Um, and I, I don't I, I, th- I think there was a, we covered a few things in there. So I hope that answered your question. All right. Here's our next call. This is a two parter, Brett. Let's uh, let's get this rolling here. And we're rolling on the phones. Here we go. Not going. Hey, what's up, Street Fight guys? Um, my name's Cole. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 18 years old. She, her pronouns, Gemini. Um, I've literally never listened to a single episode of your show. Sorry, um, but I got introduced to you guys through listening to your interview with the the Year account. And I have this problem that I've been trying to solve that I have no idea how to even approach it. And I feel like you guys' message of, like, empathy and the positionality that you come from throughout your history, I think, like, might be instructive in helping me to figure out what the fuck to do. So I have this friend, um, for anonymity's sake, I'll call him R, um, who... You know, we've been friends since, like, middle school. He's really shy, quiet, depressed, but, like, he was, like, one of the four people who I actually would, like, hang out with before I learned how to, like, be social and be a human being. Um, You know, and I really do believe he's got a super good heart and his, like... At his core, his heart is in the right place. Um, but recently, he's been getting sucked into, like over the past year, he's been getting sucked into a lot of this, like, very Alex Jones, far-right, conspiratorial, like, deep state stuff. Um, and what really disturbs me is the fact that um he's like now defines himself as a race realist so he believes that like people's i don't know ethnicities are like biologically inherent and that determines something like inherently about who they are as a person which i just find to be total bullshit so i have a really really hard time talking with him about these issues especially because i don't feel like i really have developed throughout my life like the ability to argue with people like that because Minneapolis is kind of a liberal stronghold. So I'm pretty good at arguing with liberals and trying to convince them to go farther to the left, but I'm not very good at arguing with, like, people who legitimately believe in this, like, racialist bullshit. And, you know, he's not advocating for genocide, for even, like, violence. You know, he's very peace-oriented and, like... um 
So I don't think he's really married to, like, this reactionary bullshit. But I don't know. I just like hearing you guys talk about your, like, engagements with politics throughout your life and, like, that you had some level of, like... Oh, this is a two-parter, I, I meant to say. <laughs> you did, Sam. I, I should have been ready to go with part two, though, shouldn't I? But uh, this is a tough... This is a tough issue because, well, we'll get to it when we play the rest of the call here. Hey, sorry, I wasn't able to finish that. No. Just that you guys have had run-ins with that, like, Alex Jones mentality and, like, different places and right throughout your life. You know, gives me a sense that you might have some perspective on how to deal with this. I know you guys aren't, like, self-help or whatever, and if this is just, like, too much or too weird or, you know, whatever it is. You know, you don't even have to engage with this in any way, but I just thought it might be interesting to have a conversation with this, maybe on air, you know, um, I'd be down for that. So, yeah, give me a call back if you want uh, my number. I don't know. how. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to cut the number off there, but uh, that is uh, that's something. I mean, the thing well, about, I want to say that, like, I mean, a lot of the people we deal with, though, are not like. The thing I've found about the race re- race realist types is that they have this air about them like they're more intellectual about it, you know, and, and they're going to be more married. I mean, I know he said I know she said they're not married to this idea. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get that. But like they are harder to to convince. Th- does that make sense? Like they're harder to talk to because they're not like they're they think that they have it figured out and they, 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 they become like these people that like use science when they fit, you know what I mean? When they're arguing with you, they want to use science and it, they're making an emotional argument, but they don't think that they're making an emotional argument. And they think that you're the one that's making the emotional argument. Yeah. There's a couple, there's a few things packed up in this. Number one, Alex Jones used to be really about that life and used to just hate the government. When I listened to Alex Jones, he thought the government was working against us, which they are, but he thought it was for, like, reptilian reasons. Since he's taken this right-wing turn, it's just fucking embarrassing to see a guy that was for so long thought he was fighting the man is now, you know, supporting Trump. And I do understand the draw of that, and the answer is really that you can't really give a fuck. Is that and, and that's hard to say because I know when we talk about these things and when we understand ideology and the type of thoughts and like you said, Brian, he, he's being emotional about this, but he doesn't think he's being emotional. If you start screaming, if you start yelling, if you start getting upset, then it just proves him right in his mind, you know? So a lot of those things, you know, being eighteen years old, I I was not like this at all. I had some very, I had some anti-authoritarian, anti-capitalist streaks in me at 18 years old, but I wasn't able to convey them very easily. Everybody thought I was just a fucking asshole because I told them that everything they did was empty consumerism or something. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, this is also something that like you do have to. I guess address and meet like head on. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to work that. I but if it makes you uncomfortable and it's somebody that you truly care about, then 
this is at 18 year old, 18 years old. Like if you can beat, if you can beat this, then the dude has a chance of like, he's young enough that maybe it's possible that you can beat this. I, I think, you know, it's about showing them it's, it's about helping them understand like, that that the care because they're seeing caricatures. A lot of like ra- yeah. a lot of a lot of all races are just dealing in caricatures of people. And now, um, I I've talked about this before, but there was a time where I had a, I had a person that was close to my family who was a Nazi, and I worked with this person, and this person. I mean, had black people at his house. You know what I mean? Like all of his friends at work were black people. And, but he just, for some reason had this idea that they were like this minor, like all of the black people I meet are in the minority. They're the good ones. And then all the rest of them are bad. And like, that is what you're fighting with. I I think in the end, that's what you're fighting against. You're not fighting against, uh, 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 a real like you said he's probably not married to this fascism he's probably not married to all this but he he is just not he's not seeing clearly that he's not seeing his biases clearly he yeah. doesn't understand that these these this is a a bias and with the alex jones stuff that's gonna be something i i feel like that's something we're gonna be fighting with for a while that that he figured out a way to make his thing uh, more uh, more mainstream, but he, he did. did that by making his thing a lot more like nasty and toxic. Yeah, you know, more right wing. That generally works a lot. It, the more toxic you make things, the better it ends up working. I mean, you could even look at like you know the type of radio we do, where it's like we do yell at people every week and we're mean to people. We're just mean to like the right people. It, does that make sense? Where it's like, well, uh, yeah, like I've always said is that the show wouldn't exist if people stopped like oppressing folks. Like if people stopped the injustice, I would hang up the motherfucking microphones. I'm not out here to yell at anybody's lifestyle or what they want to do. But I, I, I mean, I do have my opinion about things. And what I have to say that for me, this got me through a lot of debates in my early days. And then I read it in a book by uh, Jack Cornfield, but he talks about like smiling, just if you're going to be talking to somebody, even if it's about race realism, just make that the cor- make sure the corners of your lips are turned upwards. If you can have a smile on your face and be like, I don't know, man, it just doesn't make much sense. I haven't met a lot of people that, you know, meet this, you know, or, I, I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. I think that, w- you know, the how I deal with a lot of Alex Jones people now is I always say I'm asking questions, man. I'm a I'm a motherfucking skeptic. I'm wondering why this government isn't taking all the money and handing it out to everybody else. <laughs> you know, like I'm just getting on that la- level like that. That's where I try to, to get with those f- people is getting on the wavelength of saying, hey, we're all in this together. They're fucking us all over. They aren't just fucking white people over. You know, they are they aren't putting the black man ahead of anybody else. You know, it's it's a shitty situation for all of us out here. So uh, I just go double down on the conspiracy with them. Like, have you all realized what they did with, you know, move nine with the move bombings or golf at Tonkin or just talk about, you know, Oliver North. Talk about 
like all of the good the the leftist conspiracies that are out there. Dude. That's a great way to make somebody at least respect your opinion because they don't think you're a liberal lapdog. You got to really prove with those people that you're not just a fucking liberal lapdog. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I think when I think about like especially the Alex Jones people is they are looking for a fight in in the end, and a lot of us, especially as as you radicalize and especially when you're 18. I think you're looking for a fight. You're you're looking at the world. The the world's fucked up. Well, it it seems like it's going to be combat. I've noticed actually. I've noticed by the way that just watching our kids now is that I really think that when they they believe that when they go out into the world, it's going to be like a sitcom, and you better have like quick fire witticisms, and like people are going to try to like crack on you, and and like it's just going to be a battle in the real world, and it's just. It's not that way, you know? Right. Right. We're all looking to... I think we... It's funny to do this on Memorial Day, especially after that first, like, half hour of the show where where we did that little bit. That, like, I... I think I was, I've been spoiling for a fight my whole life. Like basically I started out fighting and I still, my show's called street fight and I still am fighting and like, uh, we're all looking for a fight and, and like, there's all these different, for lack of a better word, there's these different armies that we can join these different groups of people that we can join and be in a fight, you know? And like, we, we kind of sp- separate out i i mean you know the person that called the the, this person that called is is probably finding herself in groups of more progressive people because if you're if you're uh if you're transgendered or something you're gonna be around more progressive people are gonna be the ones that accept you and uh your fight is gonna be on the left the people that you're around are going to have the right fight. Yeah, it's going to be against. I mean, it's going to be a lot of human rights campaign, paying attention to what's going on in your life and things like that. And but the but the right wing but, is also like they are the fuckers that want to kill everybody that isn't a patriot. Right. And if you're white and you're male, and especially if you're 18, and we, I think I don't know if we've ever brought it up on delete your account, but there's this weird thing that comes with patriarchy and white privilege that like you there are a lot of people fighting for you yeah for like so there are a lot of people that are like at war to try to get you but what you learn if you're on the left is that they're not necessarily fighting does that make sense like it's i don't think that we should be appeasing people i've talked about this before on the on the other shows i was like i think that like people on the right are adults i think your grandpa's an adult i think your dad's an adult and I'm not going to sugarcoat things to make you feel better. I'm going to tell you what I think. And that's the way it's going to go. And either we're going to respect each other or we're not going to respect each other in the end. Yeah. Because I don't believe in appeasing racist, you sure. know, or I don't, I don't believe in appeasing those people. Yeah. But I do think that like, uh, that comes off at times if you're just some white kid and there's somebody telling you like, you know, check your privilege uh, it's the, and the, the kill all normies thing. If, if there's people telling you about your privilege and telling you just shut up white man. And then there's another person that's saying, Oh shit, you know, white men are, everybody's telling white men to shut up all the time. You know, then that's some people are more weak. It, I, I consider it a weakness that there are a lot of people who have to be, have their egos appealed to, 
to to figure out their politics. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I yeah, see I mean, it as a weakness of like patriarchy and like the people that fall for these things or people that become a part of these things. I see it as sort of a, a, a weakness in that like I can't take the criticism. I can't I don't want to accept that I'm partially to blame for what's happening and these people are telling me not only is it not my fault but that i i should have more and you do expect to have more you you do i i don't know how to i i mean race realism makes sense for white people it makes sense to buy into that because then you're at the top of the food chain yeah right it's like you know no it's it is true that black folks just underachieve and that's why i should have a dodge ram truck with an extended cab yeah yeah it's, it, it, it's but, such a it, weird it's, it's weak you're right though i'm sorry real quick the which the weakness i think for me is that you're really putting blinders on when you give yourself a bunch of credit just for being born white <laughs> yes like yeah. that's where it doesn't come out in sort of any intellectual wash is that you can't prescribe yourself any sort of like extra uh a, privileges or achievement or whatever it may be simply because of the like genetic lottery that you ended up with right that's I, that's where that's where it falls apart for me i used to have that argument a lot he would you know the, the guy i knew that i worked with would say you know we built we built the skyscrapers and stuff i was dumb back well, then. motherfucking donald trump said we tamed this nation earlier yeah, this i week. saw that uh, but I was I wasn't a very smart person when I would argue with them back then. But I would say we didn't actually build the skyscrapers. Black people did. Like we we like didn't like we. It's just it's like such a fucking like it's it's taking credit for something that somebody else did a long time ago. And and it's like you know like I said I'm talking to a cable guy about how white about how european heritage is the, the like oh you're the cream of the crop the sure. cable guy is the cream of the fucking crop. here you are no and it's the same with the it's the, actually the same with the flag with america um i was i was just born here i did nothing to earn this oh uh, i don't think of it let me just cut you off there because people will say like then why don't you move and I actually say it the other way when somebody says i when you say i was just born here it's like you're like apologizing for being here i always say i was fucking born here this is my place yeah and that's i'm just not a going piece of paper anywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mother i fucking i dropped out of my mother onto this fucking piece of land you just got written down on a piece of paper america you only exist as long as there's legal tender and fucking paperwork I do that. I've been in that argument with like father, my father-in-law in in the past where he's like, well, if you don't like America, why do you live here? Why don't you just move? And I'm like, it's mine. It's just as much mine as it is yours. I was born here too. Just like you. We both achieved the same thing. Born in the biggest, richest country in the world. That's what we both achieved. That's it. And I'm going to fucking stay here because you know what? This is where, uh, this is my home. And I like it here. And this is where I'm from. I'm not going anywhere. Plus, there's nowhere else to go. Like, that's the other thing they don't understand yeah. is they think there's like a socialist utopia that we could go to <laughs> where everything's going to be great. But it is like we have just as much right. I mean, I have just as much right to be here as my father-in-law has a right to be. For here. sure. Like I, I, You did the same damn thing. But I don't like the America stuff. I don't. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to fucking... 
I don't want anything to do with this government. I want my hands to be free of this, you know, like, uh, no, this isn't me. I promise, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, to wrap it up, the, the re I mean, if it's somebody that's going to be around for a long time, it is also a long game thing where, yeah, you might have to let them go for a while. But then again, that's the thing, dude, is like, you know, she brought up that we do preach empathy and I do have empathy. And, and like we've talked about this in the past before the incel thing. I've, I've kind of had this conversation a few times, I think, on third shows. I don't know if Brett and I have ever had this conversation on the air. We, we talk about it a lot off the air, though. And I do talk about these like lonely these lonely dudes that are out here and like how how like. I don't know. I, I always feel for them because I, I just, they're, they're terrible and they, they really are. They're like terrible, but they're terrible. They're terrible because they're lonely and they're lonely because they're terrible. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things at work as well to make them feel terrible. I mean, the popular culture and the status quo all tells them that they should have, you know, they should have a wife and two kids and live in the suburb and drive a minivan and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the world tells you that that's what you need to do and that's what happiness is. And, you know, for a certain amount of people, that's not going to be it. And there's that's probably not even happiness for those people either. You think about like these 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 people. I think that... all those trad wife people don't have actual wives. Well, how do you mean? Like they just fantasize about having yeah. some submissive wife someday. Yeah, those don't. I don't know if those exist really outside of like, you yeah, know, women will, the middle of nowhere, like place where people are raised. Yeah, you need a dugger. Wife. You need to get yeah. a fucking dugger. Yeah, <laughs> that's what exactly what was in my mind was like somebody that wears like quiverful. A you need long... a fucking quiverful, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, get your. You need to start wearing a, a collar and being fucking Pentecostal or Amish or some shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're, yeah, I, I, I don't ever, I don't run into like the trad wife thing. And, no, and I, I never, do get I the don't vibe. do it in real life. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about it. It seems to be like, I mean, it is an online phenomenon, but also I don't hang out with young guys at all anymore. No, no. I hang out with people that aren't low. <laughs> unfortunately for me i don't i just i see a lot of sadness in that stuff and i also see like you know you and i could have just as easily ended up in that trap i well, guess i mean i, would I say was that a bad dude. i was raised race realist i'll be honest and say i was race realist and i honestly believe that it was just like unfortunate that other races got treated like shit but that didn't have to bother me type thing like it was just you know like white people get the better deal and so i'm going to take my better deal that that was where more my mind was at with that you know i mean and argue i mean I and, would... if, and if you're talking and here's the thing if you're talking to this guy and it doesn't get crazy and you're allowed to just have him talk you know it might seem like it might seem like you're betraying everybody online because you're not like in this guy's fucking face trying to fight him but if you really do want to, I mean, if you really are going to put in the time and effort, let some shit, you're going to let some shit slide. You do. You do. You just have to, like, I, Pick I think your I, battles and get your messages in and try to get your nuggets of truth. I, I tell you, I mean, because that's the thing for me is that, like, a lot of the stuff that really stumped me when I was a conservative kid 
later in life was like, I understood why those people said that because they were right. You know, like everybody has a right to health care type thing, like where it was just I wanted to fi- I wanted to be contrarian and come up with some sort of economical or market type answer like it's simply because you don't know enough you know and it's like no it's everybody should get it yeah it's stupid not to have it yeah we used to talk a lot even like this is like kind of a side thing but like when we first you know very early and brett and i hanging out and talking about politics and stuff like that i i know that like i said i you know i've read a lot of this anarchist stuff and i agree with it but i don't think that it's possible i guess was the word that yeah. I, and you said you know kind of like basically like why not like what what do you think is impossible and then you start having these conversations about like human nature and stuff like that and it's like there was this period of my life where it's like we need this government we need this these cops because if we don't you know what if my neighbor comes over and tries to like annex my land or something like that and it's like that's not like but that's not the first thing that's not what people are doing and then i was able to take that leap i was able to take the leap and say okay like i have i do i have anarchist tendencies i i i I am like uh, I'm a person who thinks that power should be leveled out and I couldn't be that person until I talked through it. And and you you got to like hopefully through conversation and through like I, I don't know again I I don't want I don't want anybody to baby somebody who's going into race realism. Yeah, I know. I agree. I I don't want you to baby him. I don't want him to be like, I don't want him to say like, great riposte. (laughs) I don't want like the person to say something like, you know, whatever the IQ scores or or any of this stuff. Like, I don't want you to let them get away with that and they will can handle it. And it might, it might result in times that are uncomfortable and that maybe you won't talk to this person, but if they're your friend, they're going to come back. Do Brett and I have friends that we say things to that like are like, you know, we have friends that make a decent amount of money and that kind of don't spend time in activist circles and, and don't know kind of what's going on. And we'll say things that make things uncomfortable. And then after it becomes water under the bridge, after a period, we have been in situations. I, I almost brought it up on the show last week. There've been times where people think that me and him are teaming up and yelling at them, but we're just both have the same sort of sympathies and our heads are in the same space so much that we're not teaming up. We're just saying what people think. And there are a lot of people that don't know that these schools of thought are out there. And I think that's another important thing is like, this person's probably a race realist because that's the stuff. This person is probably an Alex Jones person because that's the stuff that they have. And they don't know what any of the other stuff is. They don't know what feminist theory means. They have an idea in their head of what feminist theory is. They have an idea of what critical race theory is in their head. But if you explain to them what it actually is, oftentimes they're like, oh, yeah, that's like I remember I wrote about this in the science zine and I think people people really ended up liking my piece in the science zine. And uh, it was when I was in college, uh, I decided I was an English major for one semester. And then I decided to do sociology 
And uh, everybody in my life was super supportive of it. There was hardly anybody who told me not to do it besides like maybe my dad because he's like a STEM guy. And uh, but the first thing my father-in-law said to me was critical race theory is bullshit that, that he just said that. And I said, what is it? And he was like, it's just it's all bullshit. It's just some bullshit stuff <laughs> that they teach you when you go to college, right? Yeah. And one of the first things I learned when I got in college was critical race theory and feminism and, and Marxist theory. Those were like the first few things that you kind of learn. And I ended up being in a conversation with him later and saying, like, you know, you said that critical race theory is bullshit. I just... Would you say that, like, history would look different to you if you were black in the United States? Like, if you were the, the, the black experience for black men looks radically different than the experience for white men. And he's like, yeah, I would agree that it looks like that. And it's like, then why do you think this is bullshit? Because that's all it is. It's yeah. a perspective from somebody who is not like you. And they're telling you the way that they see the world. Feminist theory isn't some list of rules. Feminist theory is what the world looks like to a woman. And yeah. would you agree that the world looks different for a woman than it does for a man in the United States. And only an idiot would like say that that's not true, you know? Yeah. And that's, but, but that was what, I don't know what he thought it was when he told me it was bullshit. It was just probably like, he probably thought it was black people trying to make him feel bad about America. Sure. Or saying <laughs> you should apologize for being white. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, really, it's it really boils down to like they don't want to feel bad about this country that they love so much. And it's like, well, if the country can't take that sort of criticism, maybe it's not. Yeah, not very worth. strong. Yeah, it's not strong. It's the same thing with feminist theory. I actually, um, you know, it's funny that 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 call came through because I have a nephew that I had a lot of conversations with for a period. Uh, and like he seemed really receptive to my opinions you know he seemed pretty receptive to everything that i said and then he went away and he went to a christian college for a period of time and he graduated and now he's like a minister somewhere and he is as right wing as they come i mean i see what he posts on facebook and it's a lot of like really anti-feminist stuff and it's a lot of like uh blue lives matter types things and uh I don't know where he got it. Like, I don't know where all of that came from. Church. I don't know why. Yeah. But I don't know why. Like, so why didn't what I say stick at all? Because like, you didn't have the power of God behind you. Yeah. I guess I also didn't have the power. I Like, he wasn't getting, uh, I, I wasn't in a, uh, well, I don't know if it's an accredited university, <laughs> but I wasn't like a teacher teaching somebody. No, you something. didn't promise him eternal life. But the things that I was saying to this person were the same types of things that I say to you or that I say on the radio that are like, just, I don't know, just look, try to understand that like the world looks different through every person's eyes. It doesn't matter who they are. I'm not, I'm saying that the world looks different through your eyes than mine, Brett. We had roughly the same upbringing, you know, except for I had white collar dad and you had a blue collar dad. Like we were roughly the same though. We grew up in the same part of the world. We're two people that could have basically the same life but we don't we're different and the world looks different to you than it does to me because of your experiences in your life and like you start to add things to that you start to add like maybe maybe i'm not completely straight you know what i mean like that 
is a thing that's different for me because I I like you know I think I'm a cishet cis heterosexual male which is the path of least resistance in this world and that like the world makes sense made sense to me for a period until I started to hear other people talk about you know actually I had to hear somebody explain what non-binary was before the world really made sense <laughs> like the new world that I'm in makes sense in college I just remember somebody saying well I'm non-binary and I'm like well then we were allowed to ask them questions and I was like what does that like mean and they're like I'm just not a man and I'm not a woman and I'm like oh you're just Okay, that's cool, man. Sure. <laughs> like, but the world looks different to that person because the world's trying to put that person in yeah. a, a box that there isn't a box for them, you know? Yeah, and I think what sucks is that I, we spend more time even just, like, arguing with about people about whether, like, Nazis can have a platform instead of discussing even these alternative ways of thinking because there is no doctrine coming down from on high the way that I wish it was. That was like spreading these leftist tendencies. You know, they're teaching it in schools, but they won't talk about it on mainstream media. You know, like feminism is something that just is talked about in scare quotes on the on like TV shows. There's no real critical discussion about what the that like practice means or like what the history of it. None of it. It's just like a buzzword. Yeah, it's just, oh, Tina Fey's a feminist. She does comedy, and she's a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's generally what it is. It's just a woman doing a job that people consider to be traditionally male. That's what feminism is. When feminism is like a million things. Feminism is a perspective. I wish that I could... That Like, that's the thing I want to just pound into people's heads, is that, like... We're talking about perspective. We're talking about the way we're wired. We're talking about the way that we construct the world, like, in our They don't brains. want to challenge that, though. There's people that think you can't ever challenge that. I mean, a lot of people get – I mean, conservatism exists because folks are super afraid every single day unless they wake up and have a fucking book, the Bible, and, that, and people like Bill O'Reilly to tell them how the fucking world is because they can't operate – any other way unless they know that everybody is a boy or a girl yeah 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 and they just can't even imagine they conservatism and even liberalism for that matter do provide like a kinds of translation Context. yeah for the world it's a perspective that you can just jump into and be welcomed into either group yeah and i think left left leftism is more messy than that it's it's a yeah. way more messy because it it really is about trying to figure out what everybody like i want to know what your experience is and how that experience paints the way that your world you construct the world in your mind and that's not something that i think a lot of conservatives are all that interested in no. you know i i just i i don't know that like they have a way that they see the world and this is the way the world works and all of their failures are based on somebody else doing something to stop them from having success yeah well and i mean i guess also in a way if you're dealing with somebody at this age um i sure as hell don't hang out with any of the motherfucking idiotic conservatives I talked to when I was 18 years old. No. <laughs> so you could also be the messenger that says, Hey, if you keep up this race realist shit, I'm fucking out of here. Right. That helps too. I mean, when people lose people, you know, 
lose longtime friends, that's kind of a way to shock people as well. But if he, I mean, like, you know, like we said, if, if he is just like being stupid and wants to be contrarian and feel like he's punk rock by thinking these thoughts that aren't, you know, so liberal, um, just have it out and, you know, try to be camaraderie, camaraderily about it. Try yeah. to be like, have, like I said, smile. Don't feel like unless you think he's going to commit a hate crime, don't feel like everything's on the line. You know, something that I've done that's like that I've now that you know, you're 18. So I'm like, you know, 15 years ahead of you now is, you know, there comes a point where you feel like if people have right wing thoughts, someone's going to die. But when you go out into regular society, all of those racist grandmas and grandpas and fucked up aunties and uncles that you see on Facebook, they're at the store like you're right next to them and they don't cause any trouble and they really do just want to get by. And maybe they sit at their house and are fucking disgusting in their mind, but they don't take it anywhere else. You know, if he's not taking it to work, if he's not in charge of a whole bunch of people and like causing havoc you know it's just stupid ruminations yeah and again in the end like you're you in, in the end like you're you're not gonna uh, it's so weird to say because like that early part i i just know that there was this period from like probably high school until i was like 25 or 26 where like i just felt like i needed to keep these friends like i'm i'm grasping yeah, on loyalty they're the most important people they were there then and like as that sort of thing fell away and i found myself with new people and you're gonna find yourself with new people you're just not gonna be around those people you grew up with and, yeah and like i mean in those ugly right-wing people they isolate themselves and they have horrible lives they end up just living alone and being disgusting fucking bumps on a log <laughs> and 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 again this you person, talked about caveman this person can change this person can can see if 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 you're hanging out and they're not bringing a bunch of nazis around and they're not they're not starting shit, and it's just every once in a while we have a very uncomfortable political conversation. I really think that a friendship can survive an uncomfortable political conversation. Yeah, I we really to, do. We have to talk to people about listening to Sam Harris podcasts. Yeah, we have had to do that. No, we Brian did that. Well, yeah, I do that. I I can be some sort. I can be sort of a pain in the ass. But I mean, I just feel like I don't want people to end up in that world. You know. Well, you should just know that, like. I mean, you should hear the other side of it. If, if like, okay, you're race realist, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say you're a stupid fucking piece of shit for <laughs> thinking that way, but just as a devil's advocate. Yeah. And I'm going to present to you the opposite side. And your arguments are righteous, and your arguments are, like, if you're on the left, a lot of times your arguments are for the underdog, I guess, or, or for people who need it and you just have to realize that you're not being mean they the the person a lot of time that you're arguing with is the one that's trying to exclude somebody or tell somebody that they aren't the right kind of person and that's something that you have to keep in your mind because people accuse you of being mean it's not mean to point out it's not mean to point out oppression that's yeah. not a mean thing to do it's not mean to say like i i don't know none of i i I hate to like, I, I hate to tell you to confront it, but I think that like, 
if you feel comfortable confronting it and you feel comfortable having uncomfortable conversations, then you should do it. If you don't, you know, let's hope another person has the uncomfortable conversation because yeah. you don't need to put yourself out there to go through that of something. Because I see people that, like, don't want to be a part of that sort of thing. You know what? I, well, I would say my wife is like a person who doesn't want to be a part of uncomfortable political conversations. But she doesn't stop me from being a part of an uncomfortable political conversation. And just, I am allowed to do that. You know, I well, I, I do that. For, for us, I guess, in a way. When I got to say, I got to say this too. Like, I just want to take the weight off your shoulders. Like, you feel the duty for justice, but yeah, you shouldn't feel shitty about it. And if in the moment you don't have the right thing to say, I do that all the time. I, I've, I've completely went blank when someone says something so fucked up that I'm like, I don't even know how to address that you right now. You see red. You see Yeah, red. I'm just I like, the red. next... Okay, we're just that one will slide, I guess that and I'm going to needle him about something else. But, you know, it happens to all of us. And I do have to say once I do have to say, like, when you roll it over in your mind and you think of all the things that you wish you would have said to somebody, that stuff is all useful because someday later in your life, someone's going to say something very similar and you're going to be able to, like, augment that to be relevant for the situation that you're in. So as long as you don't feel just don't feel bad, you know, don't feel bad. It's not your fault. Like you're just a free thinking person that has too big of a heart. That's all we are as leftists is like somebody that's thinking outside of the box, but also wants to make sure nobody is, you know, picked on or feels bad. Right. I recently, I had this conversation that I let slide like two years ago that I still bring up all the time that makes me crazy. And it made me like have a real hard time talking to this person. Right. So I have this conversation. We're talking about, you know, when I'm hanging out, I talk about wrestling and fighting all the time because that's my interest. Sorry, people that don't like wrestling. That's just what I like. And uh, I'm having this conversation about it and I'm talking to this dude and I say like, Oh, you know, I, I like Ronda Rousey. I think she's a, I think she's a pretty cool fighter. She's, she's bad. Like, I think she's badass. And I like, I was like, kind of like, I want my daughter to see that. Like, you know, women can punch people's faces open. Yeah, I do. I do. I want her to feel like the whole world is possible for her in a way that other generations of women didn't see that that whole, that the whole world is possible for you. I'm not saying I want her to go into fighting. I want her to see that like, well, if you want to be president, you can be the president. If you want to punch people's faces in, you can punch people's faces in. If you want to be an actor, you can be an actor. I just want her to see that yeah. a woman, I the, want, that that world is a possibility. And when I, I said. Want to do, I want my daughter to do punching because it takes less schoolwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I said it, this dude stopped me and cut me off and said, would you about her? Woo. And. I didn't respond. I just kind of was, I like kind of shut it off and like walked stink away face or something. I just kind of walked away. I don't think I even expressed, but I felt horrible about yeah, it. Just deflated. I, I, yeah, I felt really deflated about it. I still think about it. And I still think about like, you should have done something. You should have slapped him in the well, face or something. A, dude, it's a person with a, with daughters 
and like I have my daughter and I hate this world where like and we're sizing up all the ladies for fucking yeah where every woman is sexualized like that I just hate it I don't my daughter doesn't want to be sexualized Ronda Rousey doesn't want to be sexualized when she's fighting you no, know there's nothing sexy about that fighting no it's it's scary actually <laughs> yeah, it's scary, it's scary right. to me she's got a very mean face and it just looks but do you understand like no I understand. but it's like I want to tell this person like maybe maybe only sexualize like women sure. that want to be sure sure <laughs> i guess i'm not saying you're not allowed yeah sometimes yeah it's appropriate but when we're talking about people that are fucking fighting like it's just it's like wrestling it's the homoeroticism with wrestling where it's like i mean i guess if one guy fucked the other guy that might be a strategy yeah but i don't think he would win you the fucking wrestling match i, don't I mean there's no reason they're... to bring sex into this at all <laughs> they're not out there doing that they're no. not out there fu- if they were out there fucking they're i'd not be putting like, oh. ice on their nipples and shit <laughs> yeah i had that the other fucking day somebody said that and it was what? just like uh, i was having a conversation with somebody and i was talking about how i like really want to go to japan and see wrestling and they were like well you know what kind of wrestling do you watch and i like kind of said like i like the real wrestling i like indie stuff and i like like japanese wrestling and i i, I like that sort of thing and they were like "Ugh, i don't like wrestling i was like well you've never seen this wrestling so <laughs> like that's uh, that's usually what my response like you've never seen what yeah, you know i'm like. talking about you know what i mean you don't know what i'm talking about i, and got, the, were, I got the underground shit yeah you no know, it's the same thing with music dude it's like i could say i like punk and then you'd be like, oh, no effects. And I'd be like, no, not no effects. I don't listen to that shit. I like this stuff. You know right. what I mean? And it's just like the dude said something like, well, I don't I don't just don't know if I could get into watching two guys like and I'm just like, God damn. Like, why? What are yeah. they, what are they doing that makes you uncomfortable? They're punching each other in the fucking face. I'm thinking about me working out and how hard I push. And I'm thinking about another guy pushing against that. Yeah. And I'm really impressed. Yeah. Like, I'm not having horny thoughts right now. I'm not having horny thoughts. That guy is flipping and landing. I don't think they just kicked that dude in the fucking throat. (laughs) That's a sex crime, man. Like, you should call the cops if that's the kind of sex you're having. It's a wrestling match. That guy's chest is black from... Chops. Yeah, he's all welted up. <laughs> it's not sex. This That's is a fighting. very dysfunctional relationship they're having. Yeah, and I don't care that it, you think. I don't care that you think that, but I think it's weird that you like. You just like automatically sexualize everything and that's i think that's a patriarchy sort of thing too is just that everything oh i'm not gonna watch that those guys aren't wearing full clothing you know oh well but you'll stand out in the audience and scream for a guy without his shirt on playing guitar that's okay with you that's not horny at all you know? <laughs> yeah i don't know all right, man. I think we did. We 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 did a show. We really I I want to just before we end the show, I want to apologize to the people that called in and all the people who who wanted to listen live on uh, Memorial Day. Yeah, we were because really you didn't have work. We really we wanted talked to be about here. not doing this because we knew we had the whole weekend, and then it was like, well, a bunch of people will be able to call in, so that's why we came. Yeah, so I, I really, I, I apologize. I hate to waste your time, and hopefully Labor Day will have it all figured Yeah, out. by Labor Day. <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll figure something out and, and, and get the, get here for a holiday at some point. I, I don't know what day July 4th is, and who knows what we're doing, but we'll try to figure out a way that p- 
like we'll try to do maybe once we get the stuff in the basement we'll try to do like a saturday show every once in a while you know or a friday but but where i i sincerely apologize if you called in and you were excited about calling in this week and it didn't work out we i there's just nothing we can do we just don't know how to work this equipment here and once people start unplugging things it's that's it it's hard to get back together i hope you enjoyed the show Thank you for listening. We are Street Fight Radio. You can find us on streetfightradio.com. You can sort of support us on Patreon. For $1 a month, you get an extra bonus show every single week. For $3 a month, you get a copy of our digital zine. That's exclusive writing and art from uh, Brian and I and all the listeners. Uh, for June, we are doing copyright criminals. So you're going to get a full coloring book. So get that in if you can before June 1st if you want the physical copy. Other than that, you'll be able to print it out. We have a bunch of uh, cool art coming in already. I saw Sonic the Hedgehog snorting some cocaine so it could go faster. Um, it's going to be really fun. And Do you think he goes faster when he snorts cocaine? For sure. Maybe. He, thinks don't think he, 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 he just thinks, thinks he's he is. Faster. He's yeah. just running in place. Sonic ain't getting nothing done. He's just no. <laughs> spun out. He's talking faster. That's He's talking <laughs> faster, thinking faster, but not moving faster. Not moving any faster towards his goal. Um, for $5 a month, we are offering a live broadcast of the show. For $8 a month, you get it sent to your house. And uh, we no longer do CBD and Kratom. So if, if you want to support the show and you like CBD or if you like Kratom, head over to store.streetfightradio.com. We are working on expanding our offerings when it comes to kratom i've got a couple of colors of kilo on the way so and a heat uh heat uh one of them fucking heat presses for bags so we can make our own shit now um we will keep continuing onward and upward until this entire mess is spread across the u.s and we smash all hierarchies on every corner of the flat earth we are street fight peace Hey, Street Fighters, if you're in Columbus, Ohio, I have a great event to tell you about. Very short notice, but coming up this Monday on June 4th, we are going to be hosting the Kilgore Books and Comics 2018 Summer Tour. Uh, they're coming here from Chicago. Uh, artists M.S. Harkness, Mike Freiheit, Tom Van Dusen, Alex Nall, and Emmy Jenis are going to be there talking about their zines that they've self-published on Kickstarter. And we are going to be talking to them, asking questions, discussing creation of comics, and live streaming the event. So look forward to that. But it's all happening at Cafe Kerouac. So get there early because that place is pretty small. 
Uh, it's from 6 to 8 p.m. I'm going to be putting this all on the social medias very soon, but uh, be there. It's going to be a good time. Peace.